Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 143 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are just meeting me, we haven't had a chance to meet yet. I just let you know a bit about me. I am an obesity medicine physician and a family physician, and I'm a life coach. And my passion is helping physicians who sometimes feel out of control around food find a customized approach to their weight loss. I'm a big believer that diets don't work. And I think all of you listening to this probably have tried quite a few of them and not necessarily gotten the results that you want. There's good reasons why they don't work. There's a lot of reasons why what we learn in medical school doesn't actually help us with our weight loss. And what it really takes, especially as a busy physician with so much on your plate, it takes creating a customized approach. It takes creating an approach feels good that you actually like to follow. Isn't that crazy? I know I'm talking crazy over here, but taking that customized approach that you actually enjoy following is when it starts to be sustainable. And in that process, your life gets better. You feel less overwhelmed. You feel less burnt out. You feel less stressed. You're less irritable with the kids and the family. All of that falls into place because In order to get lasting weight loss, we have to look at all the different stresses and all the different things that might be triggering you to eat. That's what I do. And that's what this podcast will help you work on. I was going to tell you guys a little bit about my day because I think it's related to what I was just talking about is I am off from the office for three weeks. And I, in my career, I've been out of residency for 15 years now, have never taken this long of a chunk at once and particularly never like a big chunk where I'm just home. And I'm only a couple days in, so it still feels weird. But I think it was just so needed to actually have some time where I could just be at home, be out at the lake when I want to, when the weather's nice, not feel that I had to jam all my relaxation into a week because that's not so relaxing. (laughs) I don't find it relaxing to be like, okay, hurry up and relax. You only have four more days left. So it feels just really nice to have essentially unlimited amount of time. So this morning I got up not crazy early. I got up and once the kids were up, I headed out for a run on the trails and I was just planning on going for kind of 45 minutes or so, but I just let myself explore out there and I had Sam, my lab puppy, he's not really a puppy anymore, but he still behaves like one with me. And we just went exploring and I was thinking I was planning this podcast while I was out there because I often do that when I'm running. And so I was thinking about you guys and I was just noticing how, like when I'm out on the trails and I'm running and particularly on a day like this, where it's not like I have to get back for this time where it can be, oh, maybe I'll take this trail and can be just open and spontaneous to exploring. It's where I feel the most free. There's not a lot of other things in my life that just give me that feeling of just freedom and joy in the moment. And I was thinking about it, I can almost feel my bucket getting filled up while I'm out there on the trails. 
running. And it's different than road running. I like road running. It feels good. It makes my day better, of course. But I don't get that feeling of like, just I know the day is going to be better because I've gotten so much of what I need. And I often talk in my coaching course when stress eating SOS and on this podcast about the importance of finding activities that actually replenish you. And so for me, getting out on the trails, especially on a day where I don't have a time limit, is super replenishing, like more than almost anything I could do. And I just encourage you to give yourself permission to go find those things for you. It is so easy as a busy physician. It's so easy as a mom and, you know, all the other demands on your time to lose the things or devalue the things that replenish you. And if you think about it, if you are a replenished person, if your bucket is full, what can you do in your day? Like if I hadn't run and I had to sit down and record a couple of podcasts like I'm doing, it probably would have felt a bit work-like, like, oh, I got to get that done kind of feeling. But after I've had that run, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's get these podcasts recording. Let's make some awesome podcasts. But having that replenishing activity completely changes your focus. If I were to be going into the office, it would totally change my office day. I would go in there with energy, with focus, because I, as an individual, am already replenished. Now, how does this relate to weight loss? Well, it 100% relates to weight loss because often the times where we're eating, where we're feeling out of control with our eating, it's because we're missing something. We're missing a core need. We're missing something in our life and our brain in that kind of deprived state. And I'm using the word deprived, meaning like deprived of a core need looks for just an easy answer and food fits that easy answer. So then it becomes, well, I'll just eat. But the eating isn't actually replenishing. The eating is a stopgap. It briefly makes you feel better, but it doesn't do anything to actually fill up your bucket. If anything, it may actually take a little bit out of your bucket, depending on what you think about after you eat, right? If you tend to beat yourself up after you eat something, then that's actually going to take stuff out of your bucket. You're going to finish worse off than when you started. So what do you do about it? Well, Part of long-lasting weight loss is you need to find other things to do. You need to find replenishing activities that actually light you up, that excite you, that make you feel good as you, as an individual, not as a doctor, not as a mom, not as a spouse or all the other roles we play, but something that lights you up inside. Now, I think there's a bunch of different places where we make mistakes with this or where we've been kind of, I'm not sure where it comes from. I'm sure it's like conditioning from society, but we've been kind of led astray. And the big one would be that if we're doing a replenishing activity, it's taking away from somebody else. That's a big mistake because then what that leads to is we end up thinking, oh, it'd be so nice to go for a run, but I can't, like I could use this example of, this morning when I left the kids and I actually left them longer than I planned, it would have been very easy for me if I was in a mindset that I shouldn't be taking time for myself, that this could harm them in the way that I'm not actually there and not paying attention to them. That like would be very easy. And I'm sure I spent a long time in that mind state. And what it would do is maybe you would still make yourself do the exercise, but it's going to feel a lot harder. 
because it's like this barrier of, I shouldn't really be doing this. I should be staying home and doing some sort of enrichment activity with my children. (laughs) I laugh because that's probably not what I would have done anyways. But you think that I should be doing something else and then it takes away from the replenishing activity that you're actually doing. So it pulls away from the thing that's supposed to refill your bucket because you start with this concept that you're wrong to be doing the thing that's filling your bucket. I think that's a huge mistake. And it's based on a thought of there's a limited you, that love and energy are all limited resources. And that's something that I think is really worthwhile questioning. What if it wasn't true that you were a limited resource? What if, and I'm saying these thoughts just to give you a different way of looking at it, to consider what if you putting in energy into replenishing activities, into things that fill your bucket, what if that created more of you? What if that was one of the answers of actually doing what you're wanting to do in your day and feeling good about how you're doing it? And I think we all have evidence for this in that when we're in a good state of mind, there's more of us to give. When you're in a good state of mind and somebody asks you for something, asks you to do a little bit more, you know, you have plans of doing some form of work and one of your kids asks you to sit down and snuggle or read a book. If you're in a good state of mind, those requests don't really bother you. In fact, you might be happy to do it. However, because we live as physicians, a lot of us live our lives not giving ourselves permission and not prioritizing filling our own buckets or doing replenishing activities. When people ask us for those extra things, it can be very easy to feel irritable. If you're not in a good state of mind because you're not getting the replenishing activities that you need, that you as a human being need, then when there's additional demands placed on you, it feels like there's no more of you left to go around. So the way you actually create more of you to go around, to do the things that are important to you to do, is you give yourself permission to do stuff on your own, (laughs) to do stuff that actually fills your bucket and replenishes you. This is super important. Now, you know, you may have guilt, right? That's a common, like the mom guilt. I shouldn't be going around or like leaving, or I have a limited, this is a common physician mom guilt is I work so much. I have this limited length of time with the kids. I can't really take any of it out for myself. That wouldn't be fair to the kids. And if that's the case, if that's how you're feeling, what I just really encourage you to do is think through, is that actually the best way to show up for your kids? So when you are feeling rushed, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling super busy, and you have an amount of time with the kids, how easy is it for you to show up in the way that you actually want to be showing up for them in that time? And what if you took a little bit of that time out? And who knows how much? There's a lot of different ways to do replenishing activities. Everybody's going to have their own that really hits them. But so I ran for almost two hours today by the time I was done. A little longer than what I planned. <laughs> it was a blend on a two-hour run. But so that was quite a big chunk of replenishing time. But often it's not. Often 10, 15, 20 minutes of something might make a difference. Now, so picture how it is when you don't take any time to yourself. How do you show up 
Is that the way you want to be showing up? And I think it's worthwhile asking too, is that the way you want to be showing up for yourself in that role too? Because sometimes we can put a happy face on it, right? Show up and interact with the kids, but inside our head, we're kind of steaming or like we're counting down the time till bedtime, all that sort of stuff, right? So is that actually the way you want to show up for yourself? Are those the memories you want to be creating? Or is it possible when you look at it, if you took, say, half hour to yourself, did something that was replenishing to yourself for that half hour, how would you then show up for the kids and for yourself? And is that different? And just walk through the two different options and demonstrate to yourself the differences between the two. Your brain has a set of beliefs about what we should or shouldn't do with our time set of beliefs about what it means to take self-care and what impacts that might have on other people. Just because you have those beliefs do not mean they're true. It does not mean they're real. They're just thoughts that you've had for a long time. And probably they've been given to you by somebody else, most likely by, you know, maybe this is how your mom did it. Maybe it's people around you, friends around you. They're a thought that you've gotten from somewhere and you've had a lot of practice thinking it, but it doesn't mean it's true. You get to decide which thoughts you want to actually believe. And if you really pull this one apart, you'll probably find it's not actually serving you. And since you're listening to this podcast, I assume you're working on your eating or your weight. It's definitely not serving your eating or your weight. If you picture how easy is it to kind of make healthy choices, stick to the food that you're wanting to eat, when you're really actually taking care of yourself, it becomes so much easier. And you may not have experience with this, depending on where you're at in your journey and where you are with self-care. I think it's pretty common for physician moms to be like, self-care, like, what would I even do? I don't even know what hobbies I have. All I do is work and take care of family and take care of things at home. I think that's really common. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, I wouldn't even know what to do, that's okay. And so you might not have the experience of how profoundly this impacts your eating, but I can let you borrow my experience. And I've had a lot of years of practicing this. I've had a lot of years of coming in and out of the self-care routines and finding what is the actual truth or what I feel is the truth in my life. And that is when I care for myself, there's not near as much food craving because the food craving is there like I said earlier, because of an unmet need. The food is a symptom of something else going on. And this, this taking time to do replenishing activities, taking time to fill your own bucket first so you can then fill other people's buckets is key. If you've done that, you'll find food cravings settle way, way down. Doesn't mean they'll go totally away because our brains are pretty good at giving food cravings, but they'll feel way less compelling. They'll happen way less frequently. They'll be a lot easier to just be like, yeah, I just don't want that. Because when you're in this state of having your bucket filled up by yourself, it's easier to focus on what you actually do want in your life. And usually the food we're eating and craving when we're not feeling that great isn't actually what we want in our life if you really look at it. It's what you want in the moment, because in the moment it sounds like a good idea, but it's not what you want in life. So let's talk a little bit about replenishing activities and how do you find them? If you are one of the people listening to this and you're going, 
I don't even know what a hobby is. I haven't had a hobby for a very, very long time. Totally get it. I have been there. And it takes a little bit of work. I'm not going to lie to you. It does take some effort on your part. It takes a willingness to experiment, a willingness to try some stuff, a willingness to maybe feel awkward and new at some stuff, because maybe you're going to try something you haven't done before, and a willingness to prioritize yourself in this. Because if you're holding on to that thought that we originally started with about, I feel too guilty to take time to myself. This is going to harm my family in some way. If I take this time to myself, there's work that's not going to get done. If I take time to myself, which by the way, is not true. If you do a replenishing activity, you'll be way more efficient at whatever work you've been avoiding. It'll be so much easier to sit down and actually do it. If you have those thoughts, it's going to make it harder to experiment and try these new activities that you're going to work on building. It's going to take away from it. And so work on letting go of those thoughts first. Work on showing yourself the evidence. Think through, generate evidence in your life about how taking time for yourself actually creates more of you to go around, that everybody else in your life benefits when you take time to yourself as well as you benefit. It's like doing these replenishing activities, think of them as an investment. You put some time in as the investment, but then you get compound interest. So whatever you put in, you get a return on your investment that's multiple fold often. You get a return on your focus, you get a return with your patience and your mental clarity, your efficiency, all those things just from investing this little bit of time. So you need to work on how you're thinking about these activities before you do them or else they will feel hard to do. And guess what? Then they won't happen. You won't do them if you're thinking that it's bad to be doing them in some way. So that's the first step. Second step is I want you to make a list of all the things that you like to do, all the things that you either have done that you've enjoyed or the things you've thought about doing and you've never gotten around to it. What other things could you do that you may not have gotten around to? Think about that and then go from there and create a big list. If you don't know, like if you're sitting there trying to brainstorm stuff and you don't know, then just start small. It doesn't have to be big and crazy. You don't have to go start running trails. If you're into that, I totally recommend it because like I said, it makes a huge difference in my days and I love it. The more I do it, the more I love it. But it could be as simple as just going into your room, closing the door and having nobody speak to you (laughs) for a little bit. That can be replenishing or having a bath and reading a bit of a book. That can be replenishing. Going for a little bit of a walk Here's the thing though, I think this is another mistake people make when they're working on building this is food feels good right away. We get dopamine as soon as you eat the food. So it feels good, you get a hit from the dopamine, particularly if it's like more processed food or sugar containing food. So your brain is used to getting immediate pleasure from things. And it is like, okay, that was good. I got the dopamine, but it doesn't last, right? When you're working on these replenishing activities, when you're coming up with new activities to try, maybe some of them you've never tried before. And like I said, so then you're going to be a beginner and it may feel awkward. And we as physicians don't generally like being beginners or feeling awkward when we're doing stuff. And all that's okay. But just know that if you try it and it doesn't feel replenishing at first, 
That's okay. Give it a few tries. Give yourself a chance because these replenishing activities, you don't give the immediate hit of dopamine. You can get dopamine. They do create dopamine. It often is at a lower level than food because food has been designed to give you super therapeutic doses of dopamine. It's designed to hit our dopamine receptors at a huge level. The naturally pleasurable activities that I'm talking about that are replenishing aren't manufactured to create excess dopamine. They'll create normal levels of dopamine and they often take, it's not an immediate dopamine. It takes a little bit of time to get the dopamine. So for example, using my trail run, it's not that the moment I hit the trail, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. No, that started happening kind of, I would say about an hour in when I was really getting into the flow and I'm like, oh, this is so fun. Like I feel free. I feel joyful. It's just me and the dog hanging out and exploring. Like it couldn't get better. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) That's what I said. But it's not immediate. And so when you're learning these, this is a new skill. You have to be patient with yourself. You have to decide to be committed to practice something over and over a little bit to see if it becomes something that really replenishes you. And once you've tried something for a while, you're like, you know what? It feels nice, but I don't feel like it's really replenishing. Then keep going. Keep looking. Try something else. Use the belief that there is something out there that will fit into your life that you can do that will make you feel so much better and you will start to love. You may not know what that is right now. You may not know how you're going to do it right now. All of that is totally fine. But if you believe that it's out there, then if you try some and they don't work, what that will have you do is keep moving on and keep trying other things. And that's great. So to summarize, having activities that replenish you and give you what you need at your core. So your core needs as a human being is very important for weight loss. I don't think you can lose weight and keep it off without actually doing this, honestly. I think this is a core, core skill. And it's something I teach in, we spend a whole week on it in Stress Eating SOS because I believe that it's really important. So having this, it's not a luxury. It's not like, wouldn't it be nice if I could? It's an important part of taking care of yourself. And through that, being able to reach your weight loss goals. The first step though is, giving up all the baggage thoughts we have about that we shouldn't be doing this. They're not serving you and they're not actually true when you lay it out. Second step is really work on brainstorming, coming up with some different things and approaching them from a beginner mindset, meaning approach them from, I've never done this before. I'm going to try it and see. Give yourself permission to feel awkward. Give yourself permission to feel like you're possibly failing at some things. You're not doing it right that's okay. You don't have to do it right for it to be replenishing. It's the doing it that is the replenishing part. And then what you want to do is hold a belief that there is something out there. So even if you try some things at first and they're not quite what you're looking for, they don't quite scratch that itch, totally fine. But there is something out there for you. There's something out there for all of us. And doing this is only going to improve your life. Doing this, letting yourself pursue some passions, develop passions if you feel you don't have any right now, the only thing it will do is improve your life. There's no downside to taking care of yourself. I promise you guys. I know it's hard to believe if you're in the muck and mire of it, but there's no downside to taking care of yourself. All right. Hope that helps. Send me any thoughts you have to info at Weight Solutions for Physicians. 
.ca, sorry, I almost forgot the end. And you know what's interesting is I started this podcast with a totally different topic in mind, and I ended up just going on this topic because I think it's so important, and I felt kind of compelled to talk about it. So make sure you check out next week's podcast episode because it will be what I was originally going to plan, which is that you're not failing no matter what you think. And this topic that I'm going to talk about next week is something that I think is so important and it comes up a lot in stress eating SOS is that feeling of I've done well everywhere else in my life. I can get myself to do things everywhere else in my life, but something different about weight. And I just seem to keep failing at the weight. And I'm going to be talking to you about why you're not failing and why holding on to the belief that you are failing and that there is the possibility of failure will hold you back. And it's getting in your way and creating that feeling that you're failing. Okay. So check out next week. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.